2: Offer valid on select AK systems that's through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
4: It
5: is primetime action Tuesday night from the South Point Hotel Casino. Gil Alexander, Adam Burke in for Matt Brown tonight, and Kelly Bidlin. whole bunch of stuff, including college football rankings number five of six, about to be announced. We look forward to that. Teaser Tuesday, because it's Tuesday night. We'll talk to Andy McNeil on Hockey Tank Williams on the NFL. Drew Dinsick on both the NBA and the NFL and NBA night where we have a Super Bowl, an early season Super Bowl in effect between the Suns and the Warriors. Uh, Adam, great to have you here. You have some some early face-offs.
6: Yeah, great to be here, Gil. Happy to be on the show. I know everyone's going to miss Matt by the end of the evening, but I'm happy to fill in for him here. And yeah, you know, look at the NBA tonight. And as you said, you've got that massive matchup tonight between the Warriors and the Suns, the late game in that TNT doubleheader. But the Knicks and the Nets, pretty good opening game there for TNT tonight. Nets laying six and a half, total 216 on that one. And then also another early game here, Memphis and Toronto with the Raptors, a three point favorite, total of 215 and a half for that
5: one. Also got some uh, some college basketball tonight, FSU and Purdue in about a half hour, Duke and Ohio State a little later on. Uh, We will talk about those tip-offs as they approach as well. A whole bunch of hockey here to start off with here. Just want to make sure we get those in, including, by the way, uh, including the Washington Capitals, your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. In case you missed that, uh, they're in action here in just a few minutes. Capitals plus 120 dogs at the Florida Panthers. Detroit plus 190 on the road against the Boston Bruins. Bruins minus 235 up there in, uh, in Boston for that one. These are 708, 408 Pacific starts. The Devils, minus 145 at home against the Sharks. And then about an hour from now, the Wild, big, minus 360 favorites against the Coyotes. And then the Predators, minus 155 home favorites against the Blue Jackets, also the St. Louis Blues. Uh, an hour from now, minus 130 favorites against the Lightning. Those are the early hockey games tonight. Uh, Kelly, Warriors and Suns a little later. Do you have anything on this game? The Suns on a 16-game winning streak, the two best records in the NBA. I I, got to be –
4: this is a game – I think it's – it's pretty tough to bet with how hot both of those teams are right now. I mean, I, I, if I had to, I would lean Golden State. I'll be, look, I, I will be watching the game tonight. I think if I think there could be plenty of live opportunities on both sides. Uh, Gil, I mean, honestly, I think either Golden State or Phoenix, you could hop in live on this game. Uh, but definitely keep an eye on injury info on the, uh, uh, as a, as the night progresses here. Wiggins is questionable for the game. Iguodala out. Uh, Draymond Green. Uh, Was questionable earlier. Looks like he's been upgraded to probable. So he should be a go. So there are some injuries to keep an eye on, at least on the Golden State side of things. Um, And then... For a couple notes coming down here just recently, LeBron James will be out of his game tonight uh, with the Kings, Lakers at the Kings. He has entered health and safety protocols. Wow. That, according to Dave McMenamin. Um, So no no more details than that right now. We don't know if he's tested positive or anything like that, but has entered health and safety protocols, so he's out for tonight's game in Sacramento. And then the other piece of news, hopping over to the NFL, it just came down, Daniel Jones out for this week against the Dolphins, considered week-to-week because of a neck strain. Jeez. Backup Mike Glennon expected to start Sunday against Miami. That, according to Ian Rappaport.
5: as Gruden used to call him Glennon in uh, Hard Knocks. You can't yeah. you can't bet these sports anymore until like right before tip off or right before kickoff. You have no idea these days. Who's showing up for these games?
4: It's tough, man. I I was looking at overnight NBA lines last night, and it's just, you you always have to have that in the back of your mind.
6: Yeah. And COVID's making another round, another trip around all of the leagues, pretty much. You know, the NFL, very affected with it here this week. Really last week, too, you had several guys, you know, kind of in question, of course, as we know, Aaron Rodgers a couple of weeks ago. But seeing it in the NHL, we've had some teams have several games canceled. I know the Islanders have had some games canceled. Same thing as the Ottawa Senators. And then now the NBA kind of picking up again, too. So, yeah, you're right. It's tough to play the overnights. It's tough to play anything far in advance with football. And, you know, you think about the bowl season coming up here, too, where, you know, you you want to try and grab some of that early line value. And we'll have a bowl betting guide out over at vston.com on December 13th. You want to try and grab some of those lines early, but – I mean, do you really want to jump at things now where where COVID could be a factor while these kids are you know, doing whatever they're doing at the end of their senior years of football? And bowl season has the extra layer
5: that nothing else in our calendar sports betting year does, which is guys who are like, you know what? I'm good. I'm about to be drafted. So deuces. And we don't really know about that in advance either. We can
4: only speculate on that. So yeah, we, we've fun, talk, we've fun talk, for the whole family. Yeah, we talked about it plenty on the show. I mean, the NFL this year, I, I've gotten burnt more this year than last year with COVID news. There's no doubt about that. As far as bets, putting bets in early and then somebody goes out, I, it, that has definitely happened more this year than it has last year, at least for games that I was getting on it, in on early.
5: Well, Drew Dinsick is our guest later. Uh, he was on a numbers game this morning. I asked him that very question. I'm like, he, you know, he makes hay betting football right before – you know, get ahead of these line moves, which is historically a great way to bet the NFL and probably still is, is, is a great way to bet it moving forward, obviously. That league, more than anything, if you get the best of the number, you're going to win long term. However, short term this year, to our point, that has also torpedoed a lot of his bets, too, because it's like he's betting a game... Where he finds out later in the week somebody's not available, somebody key is not available. Anyway, uh, the the Suns and the Lakers is three now. I even saw three and a half pop up for a second, but it's three in a lot of locations at DraftKings. It is in favor of the Suns, and that Lakers Kings line is now a pick 'em.
4: Yeah, it keeps dropping.
5: What was it uh, when LeBron so, was supposed to play? So
4: four and a half is the uh, I believe the highest number this game this game was at. Anthony Davis had been questionable all along. Checking some, so it looks like it got up to five some places. Uh... This morning, but yeah, Anthony Davis has been kind of questionable. He was questionable earlier today, so that's why the line was shaded a little bit lower already anyways.
5: Here is some, uh, to your point, Adam, here is some some NFL news. Amari Cooper remains in COVID-19 protocol. Uh, He did not participate in a walkthrough today, has yet to be activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, because the game is tomorrow night, excuse me, pardon me, 48 hours from now, pardon me, 48 hours from now, Thursday night against New Orleans, That's a tight turnaround, and after a final practice, the team travels tomorrow to New Orleans for the game against the Saints on Thursday. That from Michael uh, Gelkin on that, and so
6: there's that. That's in doubt. Do you like this game either way,
5: Cowboys-Saints?
6: Yeah, I mean, this is one where I do like the Cowboys a little bit here in this spot, laying the five. And look, I mean, for the Saints and also Taysom Hill questionable now for right. tomorrow as well with a foot injury. And, and I don't think Taysom Hill is, is that much of an upgrade over Trevor or Simeon, if at all, anyway. Uh, but, you know, also, too, for the Cowboys here, they won't have Mike McCarthy, their head coach, who tested positive for covid Maybe that's addition by subtraction for them. Maybe they wind up kind of playing a little bit better in that regard. But the one thing I do like about the Cowboys here, even though they've said that it'll be a steady diet of Zeke or there'll be a lot of Tony Pollard, something like that, the Saints are the number one defense in the NFL in yards per carry allowed. So I don't know if that's gamesmanship. I don't know if that's a smoke screen, But I think Dallas is going to find out pretty quickly that they need to throw the football in this game. And I think that they're actually at their best when they are throwing it, even if Cooper's not out there. They get Steedy Lamb back for this one. I just don't think that the Saints can keep up in this game. So I do like Dallas minus the five here. I, this to
5: me, we're going to be here obviously on primetime action. I feel like that's an in-game play like I don't I don't want to get involved before the game starts I want to watch a couple drives and see see what the feel is you said it though Sean Payton say they want to see how Taysom Hill's foot responds tomorrow before an announcing a quarterback Nick Underhill um, put it on the Underhills, Bill. Is that the guy, Nick Underhill? <laughs> like, no? that, that can't be good news. No, they just signed him to this massive deal because, well, you know, everybody well, wanted to sign him. We fairly. were
4: talking about yesterday yeah. how they were already kind of proclaiming him the starter for the week. Yeah. So clearly something happened in the past 24, 48 hours that he took a step back in his progress.
5: More Trevor Simeon, perhaps, if not. And then you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, Adam. Aaron Rodgers considering surgery next week. Where did this come from? But here's the quote. We're hoping to avoid surgery, obviously, but it'd be so minor that I wouldn't miss any time. I could have surgery on Monday or Tuesday and play on Sunday. I mean, that sounds pretty confident in a way that someone who hasn't had surgery on his toe would say.
6: Well, yeah, it it certainly does sound very confident. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and science have been in the news a lot here lately. So I guess that's something that's kind of interesting, but... Look, also, too, I mean, we, this toe injury issue popped up, and he wound up having two pretty strong games right after it you know, kind of came to light. So I wouldn't be too worried about it, whether he has the surgery or not. Maybe it's just something you know, from a comfort standpoint. I don't know. But, you know, look, I mean, also, too, this is a team that has a lot of margin for error right now in that NFC North division. If he wants to do something that he feels like could help him down the line, you know, playing in those cold December and January games, and then maybe that's something that he should explore, and, and something that maybe he should have done here during the bye week.
5: Yeah, although I, I just feel naive, like when I say, really, can you get us get surgery Monday or Tuesday and be that confident you'll you'll be ready the following Sunday? I don't know. Maybe you do it and then you see if it if the wind blows in your direction on that. But I I, I don't I can't imagine you guarantee you
4: can play <laughs> yeah, I don't on know that he's Sunday that confident. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. He said that on his his weekly spot on, on Pat McAfee's show today, where he does all his. Talking, Apparently. yeah, basically.
5: Uh, and then here's oh, here's the kiss of death. Urban Meyer on the Notre Dame job. Now that Brian Kelly is moving on to LSU, quote: "I'm not a candidate. I'm committed to the Jaguars and doing the best we can to turn this thing around." He gone? No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I just sounds, <laughs> it sounds like something someone says before they disappear. But that's Urban Meyer's statement on the vacant Notre Dame job.
6: Yeah, you know, I think it would be interesting if Urban didn't have that whole episode earlier on this season that maybe kind of turns him off to an institution like Notre Dame, to a fan base like Notre Dame. But then again, maybe he is committed to trying to figure this thing out with Jacksonville. I mean, look, they kind of handpicked him for the job, and they sort of handpicked him well in advance. So maybe he kind of feels a little bit indebted to the ownership group there, to the point where he feels like he needs to follow through with this. But Look, the the reality is You would hope, right? You would think so. Yeah. I mean, but I will say this. If he was to go to Notre Dame, I mean, Urban Meyer is going to win at the college football level again if he goes back to it. So that would be something I think would be really interesting to follow along with. Urban Meyer has got to be easy to
5: go back to a major college football program, not have to worry about my players being better than the opponent's players on a week-to-week basis. That sounds awesome.
4: Oh, that's what like that's what I was talking about on the show last night. Where it's like it, you watch this guy nowadays, and it's like you feel like he's he gets so excited about little things on the sideline. Oh. We kind of laugh at, but it's like I think this guy forgot for a while how hard it is to win football games. Like when you don't have such an advantage with players,
5: these guys start to think their recruiting advantage is them coaching. No. You just had a wild advantage at all these programs. By the way, Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth also in a concussion protocol. We should mention that as well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll come back. Uh, it's championship week in college football. Adam has some thoughts on that. We'll want to pick his brain about these games this weekend. And then, of course, the college football rankings, the fifth of six. Right after that, it's VEASAN's primetime action.
3: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: The VSIN holiday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. It is a limited time offer, though, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsIN.com. Slash subscribe. Skill Alexander. Adam Burke is in for Matt Brown tonight. Matt had a thing. Couldn't come tonight.
4: Had a thing. Had a thing. i have got to do a Kraken game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, they're not playing tonight. They're not
5: playing. <laughs> He's like, when's the, when are the Kraken play?
4: He only does this show with the Kraken play.
5: Yeah. That's Kelly Bidlin, of course. Um, Adam Burke is alongside today. Uh, first of all, a couple things. One, one thing you, should, you need to know about Adam is he has a college basketball pick tonight, which
6: we, our, our, our fault. It tipped off. But it is who tonight? Who are you on? Uh, UNC Greensboro, minus four. This was actually, if you're a subscriber over at vcin.com, this was the best bet in my Burks betting blurbs uh, introduction to the subscriber newsletter. UNC Greensboro, minus four against Elon. Uh, Greensboro up six right now, about seven and a half minutes into that game. They were minus four. Uh, It was one of those games expected to be played at a very slow pace. Elon takes a very high rate of threes. And, you know, we, we kind of talk about this in terms of, like, low totals, slow-paced games in football where you have to have a certain level of offensive efficiency in order to hang around in a game like that. If Elon doesn't shoot well from three in a game with a limited number of possessions, I feel like it's a problem for them. So that's why I went ahead and took the Spartans tonight minus the four. All right, so if Greensboro falls behind at some point, maybe an in-game opportunity, you'll keep a tr- you'll keep track of that if, if that comes up. And you'll be like, bet! Something like that. What is it? Burke's betting blurbs? Burke's betting blurbs. I'm really big on alliteration. Burke's betting blurbs.
5: <laughs> Burke's betting blurbs. That's awesome. I won't stumble on that at all. Today. Not
4: not related to Doris Burke <laughs> at all, though, like, like Danny Burke is, right?
5: No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Danny Burke is Doris Burke's nephew. That, that is correct. Right. Th- that's what I've heard. Yes. Yeah. That's what I've heard. That's what we're going with, whether it's <laughs> true or not. That's <laughs> what
4: we're going with. As By I the, just continue to confuse people. At yeah.
5: By the way, uh, since Matt's not here, if you're looking for Kelly's beard, it's camouflaged tonight. You can't, you can't find it. So that's in Matt's uh, absence. Tribute to Matt. Kelly, how do you feel about it that?
4: Good tri- it was a g- good tribute. If you don't think this was calculated, it was calculated. <laughs> wear this shirt. I was like, well, no, not I'm going to wear this since Matt's out tonight because I won't get called out on <laughs> oh, it. But man. nope, couldn't even make it through that.
5: The other thing you need to know about Adam is uh, Adam Burke, and I'm going to embarrass you here for a second, Adam. Adam writes. The greatest, or wrote, I don't know if he has time to do it anymore moving forward, but Adam writes in his past, he has written the greatest baseball previews for Major League Baseball teams through the years. Absolutely spectacular for all 30 Major League Baseball teams from a season wins perspective, from every perspective possible, but such a deep dive um, that it needs to be stated how great those have been over the years. So we'll talk a little baseball later, with your permission, because I want to pick your brain about some of these big contracts. But those, by the way, just again the greatest things I've ever read in my life.
6: No, I, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm hoping to have a lot to do with an MLB betting guide here at Visa, and I assume that'll be Beautiful. something in my future, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, it was my labor of love doing that every year. I'll be happy to scale it back a little bit here, I think, with the new gig. Can but... I can I tell you something?
5: So I used to do my season manifesto here at Visa in the first, what was it, three, four years of what we did, our MLB season manifesto. But once I did the second show, I was like, I can't do it anymore. So
6: it's you, baby. It, it's a lot. I mean, there, there's a lot of ground to cover in Major oh, League Baseball, totally, as you know. Totally. Um, and, and especially, too, you know, it's it's a market that I think, to a degree, it can be beaten. Yeah. You know, especially if you do a lot of that preseason research. So 100%. looking forward to that. I mean, I and look, spring training's, what, under three months away now already? Assuming that they're not assuming, locked out, of course. Assuming that there's this season. There's that little detail. All right. Uh, here they are. The fifth of
5: the six. College football playoff rankings. Remember, remember, the only one that actually matters in the end is the one on Sunday, the last one, Sunday morning before the NFL kickoffs after championship games are played on Saturday. But here is the deli. So uh, from 10 to 5, you see what's going on, but let's just focus on Ohio State dropped to 7, if you were wondering, after their loss to Michigan. So Ohio State donezo in terms of a national championship, one would assume. Notre Dame ends up 6, the departing Brian Kelly in Notre Dame at 6. Oklahoma State with their win at bedlam they're number five they're the uh, team on the outside looking in but just enough where you can see them on the outside looking in they're at 14 to 1 to win it all by the way here's how the top four shook out from one to four georgia no surprise at one minus 220 to win the title michigan with that win over ohio state leaps three places to number two they are plus 850 to win it all now bama getting by Auburn in the Iron Bowl at plus 650 in the number three spot, and there is undefeated Cincinnati at number four at 16-1. to First of all, Adam, does this surprise you at all, or is this pretty much what you expected?
6: No, this is what I expected. I know uh, Sean over there has got the Cheshire Cat grin about Michigan beating Ohio State last week, a game that him and I have talked about before. Look, you know, I even talked about Michigan a few weeks ago, saying, look, if they beat the Buckeyes, and Ohio State wasn't going to be that big of a favorite in that game. I think at the time, Michigan was 60-1, to 80-1, Jeez. something like that, yeah. to the point where that kind of made some sense to go ahead and take a shot. And, of course, now we see Michigan there at plus 850. This is exactly the way I expected the top four to play out, at least for today. One thing I will say here, Gil, It's interesting to me to see Georgia at minus 220 because right now they're in the minus 250 range against Alabama, which is probably the national title game we would get if Alabama winds up beating Georgia this weekend. But if Georgia wins, nobody is in the stratosphere of Alabama in terms of only being a a six-and-a-half-point dog against Georgia. Minus 220 actually has some equity to it two ways. One is if Georgia wins this game this weekend, they're obviously a much bigger favorite than this. And the second is, if they were to face Alabama again, it's not like minus 220 is a bad price in the rematch. So I think Georgia at minus at 220 actually makes a lot of sense right now, given that we know where they're priced around against Alabama. If there's a bet to be made, if I said, Adam, you must make one bet that is not Georgia, that bet would be? That bet would be... Wow. I, I guess I would have to say Cincinnati because wow. Cincinnati at 16 to one. Look, if Georgia beats Alabama, I don't think that Oklahoma state would leapfrog and unbeaten Cincinnati. And I think the Bearcats are live against Michigan. So I think Cincinnati at 16 to one would make some sense here just because, you know, as long as they avoid that one four game and maybe the committee does screw them over and do that to them. But I think that if Georgia beats Alabama, Cincinnati is the number three in the college football playoff. They would take on Michigan, and I think they're pretty live in that game. So Cincinnati 16-1 to is probably the one I would make. I totally thought you were going either Michigan or Alabama, plus 850
5: or plus 650, respectively. I, I almost wonder if there's a – for me, it's probably one of those two. But we still have one week to get through. And so let me just – before we get to the actual championship games, which we'll do after the break and, and hear your thoughts on the spreads – but let me just go through the scenario because I'm I'm one of these two-loss Bama people who you can, no one can convince me that if Alabama loses by a, let's say, by a field goal to Georgia in the SEC championship, I just don't feel like... By the way, them being three here it just sort of lends to this, which is I, I just think they're not going to kick out a two-loss Alabama. That's my theory. I could be completely wrong. People tell me I'm completely wrong. People from... ESPN or wherever that has much more of an inside track to these rankings. But if Bama does lose, let's say by a field goal, let's say it's a last second field. goal, just work with me. Oklahoma state wins. Cincinnati wins a squeaker against Houston. Oklahoma state's not leapfrogging Cincinnati. They're not going to screw Cincinnati.
6: They certainly could. I mean, but I will say this, the the committee at least has the fallback option here of people have been like, why don't you put a group of five team in there? Why can't you put a group of five team in there? Well, if they put one in here and they put Cincinnati against Georgia and Georgia wins the game by three touchdowns or something like that, they can say, look, that's why we don't do it. So I think that there is kind of that too, where they could go ahead and put Cincinnati in there, kind of see what happens and, and go from there. I think your point about Alabama is interesting and, and, you know, a lot of people are kind of like, well, you know, why why do they bother playing the games and you know all this kind of thing? If Alabama does have a close loss to Georgia, and and we all know Alabama's a top four team in the country, and frankly, despite what happened last weekend between Ohio State and Michigan, the Buckeyes are a top four team in the I country, agree. and yeah. they're not going to be in the playoff. But I, there is a path here, and you look at Ole Miss being ranked eighth, for example, that looks like a pretty good win for Alabama right now. Then, right? Yeah. So maybe that Ole Miss being eighth by design is kind of your fallback for Alabama to say, look, okay, they played really well against Georgia. They played a very close game with Georgia. Yeah, we can go ahead and give them a rematch to fall, you know, in, in the next game. Because think
5: they, about that, because these are these are human, <clears throat> this just in, these are human beings, right, deciding on this. And so imagine, so Saturday, the SEC Championship, it's this unbelievable game that goes down the wire. And Obama loses a tight one, I cannot imagine those human beings with that sort of buzz, right, that sort of high of that game, turning around and being like, yeah, we can't include
6: them. Right. And also, too, I mean, let's be completely honest here. Who's a bigger draw, Alabama or Cincinnati? Because it's about dollar signs. And frankly, too, you could think about that with Oklahoma State. You know, I mean, outside oh, totally. of Stillwater, who who cares about Oklahoma State? Not a brand part? name. Not so. Yeah. Th- you know, this is about dollar signs. And if I guess if there is a way to put Alabama in there somehow, much much bigger draw, and Georgia Alabama would do huge numbers if they played again in the in the playoff semifinal.
4: I, th- I think you both. Yeah, you both are making a lot of sense with with, with as far as Cincinnati and Alabama. I think there's a good chance, as long as there's not you know, a big upset or whatever this weekend, I think there's a good chance we see the Final Four exactly what we're looking at right now. Because I think, I think Adam's right. I think that we've been hearing this group of five stuff for years now that these teams can't get in. You have such an easy excuse this year to put one of them in, and then if they get hammered, great. You never have to worry about that again.
5: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what I'm rooting for more. Cincinnati to not get in to watch people's heads explode. Right, that's one part of my brain. <laughs> or Cincinnati to get in because I do want to see new blood in it. And then to have them lose by five touchdowns. I and lose Luke Fickle in Notre Dame. That's right. <laughs> Luke Fickle, whether he's there or not by that time. We'll come back, we'll look at these championship games. What Adam thinks on the pre-flop spreads. It's Visa's Primetime Action.
3: You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: We
5: got a new prop tracker. It's now available on VEASAN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VEASAN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker. Betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VEASAN.com slash NFL. That's VEASAN.com slash NFL. Don't forget, Teaser Tuesday a little later on. We'll look at our favorite uh, teaser legs. Wong and otherwise. The otherwise is Kelly
4: uh, exhibiting poetic license. Correct. Yeah, that that's true. I didn't do as much of that this week. Okay. Because there's a, there's options. Because there's a lot there's a lot of those like the you know, if you want to take a four and a half up to ten and a half or something, you could. There's a lot there's a lot of those options this week. Not long. So but, so it yeah. was either like, you know, but let me write down four or five or six, or write down like, you know, twelve. <laughs> or, or have a
5: or have a graphic with nothing on right? it. Yes. <laughs> Which wouldn't really be good for the segment. Uh, Adam Burke is here for Matt Brown tonight. Adam uh, who who has not only the Burke betting blurbs, but you're writing for our online publications all the time, correct?
6: Yeah, I uh, do a couple of different articles a week for Point Spread Weekly and also doing a lot of stuff for the dot-com as well. And, uh... Yeah, look, it's, it's been great. It's a great team that everyone's put together here. And, again, I encourage anybody who's not a subscriber out there to sign up, whether you get that football midseason special or you just kind of buy things a la carte. A lot of really helpful content at vcin.com, and especially with the Point Spread Weekly, which will be coming out tomorrow morning. Oh. Uh, some very good stuff in that. Very nice.
5: Let's look at some uh, conference championship game uh Numbers, if you will. By the way, uh, Friday night, the Pac-12 Championship. Oregon and Utah. Utah who slammed Oregon a few weeks back. Utah just a two and a half point favorite here. By the way, I noticed Oregon was tenth in the rankings. Is that did I see that correctly? So if they had, if they had, if they had one, if they had beaten Utah, they were still probably were going to be in this thing in the playoff. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. It
6: sure does look like yeah, that. Yeah,
5: tenth, tenth, still in the top ten. Good lord, Utah, Oregon, Utah by two and a half. Any thoughts on this game?
6: Yeah, you know, what I think is really interesting about this one is that these two teams just played in Salt Lake City, as you mentioned, back on November 20th. Utah, a three-point home favorite in that game. They win 38-7. Really wasn't even as close as the final score would suggest. And here the line's about the same. Now, I understand it's a neutral site game here in Las Vegas, but the line effectively the same as the first one that we saw. Home field advantage not worth nearly as much in either college football or the NFL this year. So I think that's kind of interesting that Utah won that first meeting so big And there's been virtually no adjustment to the line pretty much. So I don't really have a play on this one as of yet, but that is something that kind of stood out to me is that, you know, Utah winning that game 38-7 didn't really do too much to dictate the line for this one. It really didn't,
5: which is certainly interesting. That's Friday night, Pac-12 championship. Saturday, uh, let's start with the Big 12 championship. Baylor and Oklahoma State, the aforementioned Cowboys of Oklahoma State, number five in the just-released College football rankings, the penultimate college football rankings, Oklahoma State by five and a half here after squeaking by comeback win over the Sooners last week in Bedlam.
6: Yeah, and a lot in this game hinges on how healthy Jerry Bohannon actually is, the quarterback for Baylor who didn't play in last week's game. You know, the thing about Baylor here too is that, and and, you know, we just talked about the college football playoff rankings and how the final four is going to shake out and all of that. Baylor's ninth. In the college football playoff rankings right now. So Oklahoma State wins this game. It is a top 10 win with regards to the college football playoff rankings. So maybe they are the team that kind of slots in. I don't know a lot of moving parts for this one. You know, Oklahoma State's defense is just so strong. Just very, very solid. I think Baylor's kind of overperformed a little bit here this season. Does seem like they do not have the distraction with Dave Aranda now that they could have had with LSU going ahead and hiring Brian Kelly. So I'd have to go Oklahoma State or nothing in this game, just simply because I don't know about Bohannon's status. And also the first game, 24 10 for Oklahoma State. They did win that game. That one was in Stillwater, relatively comfortably in that one. They outgained Baylor by 121 yards. So I don't really know why this game would go any differently. Uh, but again, Bohannon's status very important for Baylor here. Um, I really, I'll, I'll
5: repeat what I said before. I really feel like Oklahoma State is that team. Yes, they're on the outside looking in, but it's like their faces pressed up against the glass kind of thing, where it's sort of set up now. If they beat Baylor. Even if like if Cincinnati wins a tight one, I just really wonder. Of course, Alabama losing the uh, tight one in this scenario as well. I really wonder if Oklahoma so, State leapfrogs. Because like that's
4: something you got to keep in mind this weekend too. Like if you're if you're looking at betting Oklahoma State or Cincinnati, right? Like you got to think. They're going to treat this like we've got to put up as many yes. points as humanly possible. That's right. Right? So, I, it's it's just something I think you have to approach point spreads a little bit differently in weeks like this when, when you have teams that are facing that type of scenario. About that.
6: Well, yeah. I was going to say, to yeah. that end, I mean, this is a 12 o'clock Eastern game, it's the Big yes. 12 championship. Cincinnati plays at 4. Right. So, Cincinnati is going to know what happened in Good that point. Big 12 game if they need to try and run it up or if they just need to find a way to win. You know, I think that's kind of an interesting moving part, too.
5: Yeah, it's a great point. It's it's not a correlated parlay mechanically, but it is kind of a correlated sort of bet to make uh, early game, late game. Remember, we used to have these scenarios in the NFL in the last week of the season until they sort of legislated that out by putting so many of the games at the same time. But they used to used to have all kinds of such correlated parlay opportunities. By the way, did Oklahoma State. You know, they were supposed to. The whole theme with them this year was this unbelievably vaunted defense. That it was, you know, was sort of the Brian Billick, Mike Gundy season, where an offensive coach all of a sudden had this great defense, and really wasn't the offense that was doing it for him. And then Oklahoma just scored as many points as humanly possible against. Them. That surprise you at all?
6: Yeah, a little bit, uh, especially with all the issues that Oklahoma's kind of had. They've sort of had the carousel at quarterback and, you know, all the – they should have been a much better team than they actually were. It's been interesting to see sort of this paradigm shift for Oklahoma State where they used to be this team that had, you know, NFL-caliber quarterbacks. They'd go out there and outscore teams 65 to 45, stuff like that. Now they run the football and play defense. I mean, they kind of do what Iowa State, for the most part, tries to do in the Big 12. They've just had more success with it this season. And I give Gundy credit for that. You know, I mean, I don't know if for whatever reason the quarterback pipeline dried up for him a little bit. He completely changed the profile of this team. Yeah. And it's absolutely worked out for him. So kudos to him for that.
5: SEC Championship, we'll do this in the order that they appear on the screen. SEC Championship, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. The big one, Georgia, six-point favorites, 49.5 the total against Alabama.
6: You know, look, this is such a hard one because this is the first time in 92 games, 93 games that Alabama's been an underdog. (laughs) Think about that. and, And I look at this game and I think, okay, Alabama's getting six points here, and I like Georgia. Like, it's just crazy to me to, to think about that. And I don't know if I'm going to play this game one way or the other. And I think the total is actually pretty sharp on this one, too. But Alabama has some issues. You know, I think Bryce Young has been good, obviously, and maybe he'll be one of the Heisman finalists. But Alabama does have some problems. And Georgia seems to have zero problems. Of course, they play in the easier half of the SEC, playing in that East division. But Stetson Bennett's been playing pretty well. Nobody has scored on this defense. They've given up, what, 76 points, 78 points all year long? I think Georgia's just that much better here, but of course you do have the angle where Saban's taking on an old assistant, yeah. typically dominates them, so I don't know if I want to play this game or not, but I do kind of lean with the Georgia side here.
5: When's the Kirby smart in-game snafu happening? I just wonder. Then there's Houston and Cincinnati. It's the AAC championship, and, it, and all of our scenarios we come up with are like, okay, well, Cincinnati wins this game, blah, 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 but Houston's kind of live here to me. They're 10.5-point dogs. Wouldn't shock me if they upset Cincinnati, would it you? It would shock me, It would, to to be
6: totally honest with you. It would would shock me here. This is one of the plays I like a lot stronger than the others in the conference championship weekend. I do like Cincinnati minus the 10.5 here. Houston's only played two teams with a winning record, one of them East Carolina. They won that game by a touchdown. The other one, SMU, they won that game with a kick return touchdown in the final half minute. Houston has had all sorts of issues when they've played teams that are fairly close to their level. Cincinnati doesn't have a lot of data points against good teams, but you know they played very well against Notre Dame, of course, as we know. I think they have the dominant attribute. I think they can be a dominant team. I don't think Houston has that. So Des- I Desmond do like Ritter Cincinnati. looked
5: spectacular last week against East Carolina. Looked he did. Absolutely,
6: yeah. He absolutely did, and that's uh, you give Luke Fickle a lot, of, a lot of credit for that. I mean, that kid, when, when Luke Fickle took over that team, I kind of looked at Desmond Ritter and I thought, okay, this guy's an average quarterback. In an offense-driven conference. But the development of Desmond Ritter has been off the charts. Absolutely incredible. And I do obviously love that Cincinnati defense, as everybody else does. So I like Cincinnati minus the 10.5 here. And again, depending on what happens in that 12 o'clock game, they may need some of those style points if they can get them. Yeah.
5: Anything real quick here in a in last minute? Michigan-Iowa Big Ten or Pittsburgh Wake in the ACC?
6: Uh, I Pittsburgh and Wake Forest looks like a game. It's going to be a shootout, but I do like Pitt a little bit in that one. I think Kenny Pickett better than Sam Hartman. Pitt's defense better, pass rush a lot better. I like Pitt in that game, and also I think Iowa is terrible. <laughs> I think Iowa is a very very bad football team. So there's that. So yeah. I I actually I think Michigan has a shot to cover that, despite the very difficult situational spot that they're in, coming off of finally beating my Buckeyes for the first time in a decade forgot they were your Buckeyes. I forgot about that little detail.
5: Kelly has an NBA bet he's made. Yeah, what do you do
4: have one this, is, this game's starting in about two minutes, so I wanted to get this out of here quick. Jared Jackson, Jr., I played over on his point prop today, 16 and a half points. Uh, gri- this is Grizzlies at Toronto tonight. Uh, this play mainly coming because John ja Morant is going to be out for a while. This team's got to get points from other places. He averages about 24 points per game on the games that John ja Morant has been out, also going up against one of the worst uh, rim-protecting defenses in the league. Uh, Toronto coming in 29th in that category in the NBA. So expecting him to get points tonight in the paint. Probably if you want to tell me you were betting over on Dylan Brooks tonight, I wouldn't have a problem with that either. It's going to be interesting to see how the Grizzlies offense operates here without John Morant for a while. Kelly, have you gotten to the point in life yet where you remember these guys' dads playing? Because I have. (laughs) Some
5: of them. (laughs) It's It's not pleasant. Jared Jackson, former Hoya. Uh, Raptors Grizzlies, there's a prop bet for you from uh, from Kelly Bidlin. We'll come back. We'll talk hockey with Andy McNeil from Edmonton, Alberta. Next, Beeson's Primetime Action.
3: At primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSN, the sports betting network. Not
5: Matt Brown tonight. He's got a thing. Couldn't be here tonight. What's Matt doing? Some award show. He's got some other uh, fancy gig that he does, right? He's a he's a production guru. Him and his buddy Dave Farah. Let's talk. Let's talk
4: about it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Not that I know all that much about it, but, but yeah. I'm him good. and Dave Farah's production yeah. company handles some of the MMA awards. Yeah. For the year, so yeah, he's uh, he's working on that project uh, right now.
5: I worked with those two gentlemen for a couple of years over uh, when we did our MGM show. They are true professionals. In this here business. Adam I Burke think, is in. Uh, oh. I
4: think he might be missing next Friday, though, Gil. So. What? Yeah, I know. The uh, uh, the Gil, the Gil Alexander Kelly-Bidlin breakdown of NFL oh, games on a Friday night might wow. be uh, far more interesting than what you normally get from Matt Brown. <laughs> That's right. Next Friday. And oh far my. shorter. Far shorter. We'll make it out like in three segments. we like, oh, I got nothing here. Move on to the next one. Yep. I like Tennessee, and I don't care what you say. <laughs> that
5: kind of thing. All right. Adam Burke is here for, uh, for Matt Brown tonight. Adam, uh, later will tell a story about how his uh, men's hockey league uh, disbanded <laughs> later on like, the show. I feel like we should not do that. No. no, we won't do that. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. Let's talk some hockey. Let's wave that Canadian flag through the screen. From Edmonton, Alberta, at Digital Gambler on Twitter. It's Andy McNeil, everybody.
8: How you doing, Andy? I'm good. Did I Did I hear Kelly properly? He said that Matt was off. Doing the A V N Awards?
5: No, no, It's not <laughs> no? what he said. Oh, okay,
8: sorry. Was that what he said? Oh. That's
5: not what he said. But <laughs> that would be quite the gig. Um, you look, <laughs> yes, first of all, would. let me just let me just say this. You look like you're freezing. You're indoors in Edmonton. No, it's
8: this is this is the the time of year here in Edmonton where it's not quite you know cold enough to crank up that furnace, but uh, you got to put a little something extra on here in the basement. It gets a little cool, right? So
5: all right. Well, you look cozy and comfortable. We got, we got some hockey. Got to save
8: here. on those eating bills, though. I am Scottish, so, I mean, it's, you <laughs> know, you got to gotta gotta live up to that.
5: Oh, I didn't know you were Scottish by uh, by nature. You can't tell. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, we got a few face-offs here. Lightning Blues, Blue Jackets, Predators, Coyotes, Wild. About to start at the top of the hour. You have anything on these games, either sides, totals, or props?
8: I just had the one prop on the early games. Uh, it was early this morning. Uh, anybody that was... Um, that checked out the the, the daily uh, NHL betting market report over at Beeson.com would have uh, saw that I played Taylor Hall over two and a half shots on goal at plus one ten. Uh, I believe it was around plus 105 or plus 100 at close, but I still thought there was some value there. I'm not sure how that's doing, but t- Taylor Hall did uh, did get moved up to the top line uh, tonight in place of Brad Marchand. He's also on the top power play, and he's a guy that's uh, gone over that that shot total quite a bit as of late. So this extra bump in ice time should should help should help him out in that that respect. Um, I, I do have some 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 action on the the later games. Um, but uh, they're all player props as well. I thought today's slate was pretty tough, and I did a YouTube stream earlier, and a lot of the feedback that I got from, uh, from many of the people that tuned in, uh, was they were kind of echoing that that same message and that the, the lines were pretty tough today. Uh, as far as the, the early slate goes, there, there, is, there is a puck drop happening here right away with the, the Tampa Bay lighting and the St. Louis Blues, and I think people should know that uh, in addition to Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. Uh, not being in the Tampa Bay lineup. Steven Stamkos is not going to be in the lineup tonight either. It's a personal issue apparently, Um, but this is, you know, it's really not looking good for Tampa Bay tonight, but the line has moved quite a bit. It was opened up at minus 110, um, but, the news came out that Brian Elliott, the backup, would start in goal, not Andre Vasilevsky, and that's a big downgrade. So it moved quite a bit there, and now the news that uh, Stamkos won't be playing, it's moved even further, and now is around minus 155, or minus 150 at most shops, uh, all the way up from minus 110. So if you did did like the Blues earlier in the day, uh, you had a lot of things go your way, but um, I I didn't like any sides today, and I just ended up with the three-player props.
6: Andy, I know that you and a lot of the people I respect out there in the hockey betting community do a lot of the modeling stuff. You've got player values and and all those different kinds of things. And we talk about that in terms of the NFL. You know, what is a player worth to the spread? What is a player worth to the line? What what is something like that worth when a guy like Andre Vasilevsky gives way to the backup? do Do you sort of try to quantify that and put a value on it?
8: Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there there are a few um, a few situ a few you know a few goaltending tandems in the league where the the drop off is very significant. We're talking you know thirty, forty, maybe even fifty cents. Uh, but that's that's pretty you know that's pretty out there. Um, the in in this particular look particular case with with back, going from Vasilevsky to, to Brian Elliott, you're looking at a you know about a thirty cent uh, difference, in my opinion um unfortunately i had the lightning priced at around minus 115 ish so in order for me to to go all the way over to the st louis side i've got to be able to move you know more than more than 40 roughly 40 cents uh, in terms of kind of seeing some value and i wasn't able to get there even after that goaltending move um i wish i had jumped on that line, um, you know, prior to the Stamkos news, but uh, I'm not a a fortune teller. Um, I do think that, you know, in general, the market probably overreacts and overestimates the impact of of some players and goaltenders, uh, specifically in the short term. it's a lot different if, you know, if a team is going to be without a star player for a long period of time, I think then it it starts to uh, really show itself. But uh, in the short term, I, I know we've talked about it a bit, Gill. I think the, the the Ewing effect is uh, are, are, is mm-hmm. is uh, something here where you take a star player out of the lineup, and in the short term, you see uh, you see players, lesser players, step up into bigger roles and really uh, fill those roles in a lot of cases. So I do think, in the on a game to game basis, that the the player news is probably uh, a little bit over uh, over reacted to.
5: Bill Simmons' old uh, Ewing theory, where Patrick Ewing was out of the lineup for the Knicks, and in the short term they did just fine. That sometimes, yeah, in the short term, things work out well—not in the long term, but short term. Um, I can't stand. The, <clears throat> pardon me, I can't stand the suspense any longer. You said the uh, propagator had a few props tonight. What did you play?
8: Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's all in the Minnesota Wild uh, outside the Taylor Hall prop uh, that's already underway. Uh, it's all in the Minnesota Wild in the Arizona Coyote game. If you if you guys were following along last night, the Jets outshot the Wild 46 to 15 and they lost the game one nothing. So that's you know the sport of hockey in a nutshell right there. Um, but uh, the Coyotes allow the third most unblocked shot attempts in the league. So you know this is a team that's that's traveling from Winnipeg. To Minnesota, not the greatest uh, not the greatest trip. It's not a far one, but uh, anybody that's you know traveled that that uh, trip will tell you that it's probably one of the the less uh, favorable ones to make in the NHL. Um, and uh, this is a terrible spot for the the coyotes against a wild team that's really good defensively. They should score you know two goals or less on average, I'm guessing less than that. Um, but I, I like Phil Kessel and Clayton Keller not to score points. Uh, Kessel at minus 120, Keller at minus 115. And I also like Kevin Fiala over three and a half shots plus 130. He's gone over that mark in seven out of his last 10 games. Uh, and this is you know a great chance for him to to do so again. He doesn't he's seen his his ice time has dropped off a little bit. He's on the third line. Um, but he does get that top power play time. This is a tired coyotes team that's probably gonna take some penalties tonight. Uh, I, I like, you know, I, I, there are a few other Coyotes players that I like not to score points. I mean, I could bet the whole team really, but uh, you're, you're getting pretty chalky when you talk about guys like uh, Jacob Chickren and Lawson Krause. You're talking about, you know, minus 180, minus 190. I think we'll stay away from those for now and, and you know, bet on some of these uh, coin flips that I think should be or the propagator thinks should be priced closer to minus 175 in terms of uh, Keller and Kessel. Uh, and uh, I think that the Fiala bet uh, over three and a half shots at plus 130, that should be priced closer to a coin flip at even money.
6: One late game tonight out in California here between the Ducks and the Kings, and you've got the Kings in the minus 130 range for this one, Andy. Total five and a half with extremely heavy under juice, seeing under minus 130 or so on that five and a half. Any kind of lean for this game? Anything that maybe you're kind of waiting to come into your price range?
8: Yeah, well, I think the market's pretty much settled on this one. Um, it looks like Drew Doughty is going to be back. That's a, a big boost for the Kings. Um, but that pushes me right up to around that minus one thirty price. So I think it's a fair line. I think I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. These are two really exciting teams. Um, the, sure, the under, I, I can see why. I think I believe it was. I believe it was around minus one twenty five before. So it looks like some steam has come in on that. But um, both of these teams. They can they can score and and specifically the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, uh, these teams have some talented players and um, you know it, John Gibson has not been confirmed the last I looked. So um, you know we could be looking at a, the backup in Anthony Stolarz tonight. I don't I don't know why they would do that, but. Um, you know, they're, they're, they haven't confirmed their goaltender, so uh, there's always a chance. Um, and, and I wouldn't be betting on the total unless I, I knew who was going to start in goal. And uh, Jonathan Quick is likely right now, but it could be Cal Peterson, um, which would probably bode well for the under. But, uh, yeah, there's there's not enough information on this game for me to, to set a line on the total at this point.
5: Andy, when's the next YouTube appearance?
8: Uh, we just did it today on Tuesday, and uh, I'll do it again next Tuesday unless I can uh, find some time later this week to... To get that going again, Um, I'm going to, there's somebody offered to escrow me. I guess they've been doing pretty good on on fading my picks. So uh, I'm going to have to take that person up on their offer next time. (laughs) Uh, I just was caught off a little. I was caught a little off guard in the comment section. I was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. I will, you know, contact me when we have a better chance to talk about this. And I'll take you up on that offer. (laughs)
5: All right. We'll find out all the information about all that Andy does at his Twitter, at Digital Gambler. Always check the website for his hockey plays throughout Hockey betting days. Appreciate it, man. Thank you.
8: Take care. Good luck tonight.
5: Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler on Twitter. Always appreciate him coming on the show. We'll come back. Teaser Tuesday. Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Tank Williams on the NFL. Drew Dinsick on the NFL and NBA. Golden State Phoenix tonight. It's VEASAN's primetime action.
3: Make this football betting season your best ever with the vSIN experts. Get daily email updates. 24-7 video streaming plus exclusive data on vcin.com we deliver everything you need to succeed whether you're playing contests futures or betting against the spread sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe and get our all access package for less than 22 dollars a month this is opening lines with jonathan von tobel and matt humans Jacksonville Jaguars, they're not the NFC West team, will be on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Look ahead was 12, uh, reopens at 13 and a half. The Rams, how about that, the market? uh, I guess Aaron Rodgers' pinky toe is worth four and a half points to the spread, but it didn't really matter because
2: the Rams had absolutely nothing. we got a lot
3: to talk about with the Rams
2: later in the show. For the latest lines, totals, betting splits, and information, go to VEASAN.com to help you become a better better.